You're listening to Strange by Nature, your guide to the strange, weird, unbelievable, and improbable wonders of the natural world. Hello, everyone. Thanks for being here today. I am Kirk Mona, and I am joined today by Rachel Ginza and Victoria Thompson. We are all professional naturalists who together have scoured the world for weird and wonderful wonders just to please your mammalian brain's desire for novelty. Isn't that nice? Let's do this. Welcome, everyone. Rachel, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good. I just spent the last couple days in a sea kayak, so I'm having a great time. Awesome. Did you see any otters or anything? I did not. Uh, theoretically, I mean, there were loons. A, a peak experience. Right? There were loons, the- theoretically. Theoretically. <laughs> well, hold on. Okay, we're already getting uh, sidetracked here. To the neighbors, there were two families of loons, which is pretty fun. <laughs> but you didn't see them, which is I saw nothing. <laughs> Great. All right. Glad we clarified that. You know, I am uh, kicking things off uh, this mm-hmm. week. And Rachel, I have a photo for you to look at. So I'm going to oh dear. show this to you here. So Rachel, before you look at it, I'm just going to tell you, I want you to look at this and give me your quick like gut reaction. Like, boom, what is this animal? What do you think when you see it? You ready? Okay, I'm ready. All right, here it is. What? What do you think? I, mm, I, like your first gut instinct when you see it is, that, oh, that's a... Uh, oh, that's... What? Oh, uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I guess my first gut instinct is to say that it's, it looks like a wolf, okay. but like it's cat-like and it has such tall legs. I, I want to think. See, I thought or you like might a fox. that it looks a bit like a fox. Yeah. It like looks, fox. Okay, it looks good. very so you see foxy. It sort of looks like a fox. Yeah, but with like the longest legs known to man. They're your legs. Yeah, something's very wrong. Oh, thank you. Okay, wow. Um, so I, I think, you know, like really when I looked at this animal ears. and I first saw this, this, this photo that, yeah, I, I, my first thought was like, oh, this looks like a fox, right? But then you're like, something's a bit off about it. Let, Something let me tell is you a... some, some little facts about this okay. animal before I say what it is. Okay. Some a strange thing to consider. This animal weighs 53 pounds. What? And head to, ta- head to tail. That didn't look like, what? <laughs> head to tail is 57 inches long. What's that do for you? That's. Now, I, I'll, I'll. Smaller well, than I'll I was you, expecting. The. Oh, smaller. Is it small? Well. I, my first is thought. It sm- well, he- when you say head to tail. I'm using like my tip own of the nose body. To the tip of the tail. I'm using my own. I'm using the Rachel measurement, so I'm 64 inches, right, sure. and three quarters, and okay. so that's yep. like for me. I'm like, okay, from head to tail, that's most of me. That's most of a Rachel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I get. Well, here's why I say I, I think it's surprising because when I see this, it looks very foxy to me, mm-hmm. and like a red fox that I think most of our listeners are familiar with. Only weighs fifteen pounds. Oh, it was way heavier than I was expecting it to be. Right? Like that was way heavier. A fox 
A fox from nose to tail is 48 inches. This okay. is 57. So we're definitely dealing with an animal that is bigger than the fox that you might be used to. Yeah, but it shouldn't be 53 animal... pounds if it's... It, that isn't... Right? What? It's only like a foot longer or like 10 inches well, bigger. I, I think when a lot of... You are a keen observer. I think when a lot of people look at this, this photo, they're thinking... Oh, that's just a fox. Because maybe they haven't looked that carefully at a fox before. Mm-hmm. And this animal is substantially larger than a, than a fox. But you uh-huh. would be forgiven for thinking it was a fox. Because many people in the past have thought this, this creature was a fox. Uh, in the native uh, Guarani language of Paraguay, this mm-hmm. animal is called the Aguara Guasu. I'm sure I'm saying all this wrong. I deeply apologize but that name means large fox all right so fair enough paraguay should be the giveaway here as to where these animals are located we're headed to south South america America. yeah this animal goes by many names but the most commonly used uh name at least in the english-speaking uh part of the world is the maned wolf okay so you're pretty good saying wolf right off the bat although that is also (laughs) problematic as we'll find out Absolutely. I will say I saw the picture. I I do know I have seen pictures of main wolf. I knew what it was. Yeah. Awesome. All right. So something important I want to clear up right away. Uh, This canine and it is a canine is not a wolf. So it's a terrible name. Yep. Uh, When scientists decided to describe the species for science and place it like in its proper taxonomical spot, they struggled uh, a bit with this one. Johann Carl Wilhelm Ilger. Uh, in, what a name! Uh, eighteen, yeah. <laughs> in eighteen fifteen, he placed it into the genus Canis, along with wolves like Canis lupus mm-hmm. and the family dog Canis familiaris. Around the same time, uh, Lorenz Oken uh, took a look and he classified it as a member of the genus Vulpes, along with all the foxes, because well, it looks an awful lot like a fox. Right. And from what I could gather, though, um, most scientists actually stuck with and agreed with uh, Johan's decision to call it uh, basically a, a wolf and put it in Canis. Because mm. it stuck with that. Uh, people stuck with that for a long time. And I think that's why uh, today Mane is wolf. maybe still called the main wolf. Yeah. Probably goes all the way back to that early you know, misclassification. Because it turns out, I said misclassification, turns out they were both wrong. It is not a wolf <laughs> and it's not a fox. <laughs> what uh, today, is it? <laughs> we know that it's, well, it's actually a unique member of uh, its own genus, which I will try to pronounce for you. Here we go. Um, cut, oh, man. Latin gets us again. Yeah. I, folks, I did not prepare this at all. But I didn't practice saying this like I should have. Um, Chirisocyon, I think, is the genus. It's C H R Y S O C Y O N. So sure. it's actually not closely related to any other genus of wild dog in the world. What? Uh, so this is it, it's in its own group. I mean, it's it's related. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's it's a it's in the dog family. It's a canine. Okay. But it's not. Uh, and that, that's kind of where but they use the word canine. It doesn't, thing. doesn't just refer to things in canis uh, genus. Um, but it is its own thing. And it's not like where you might have two different things that are sort of at the same level. You have to work your way back a little bit through the family tree before you find like the common ancestor. There are no other 
this is like its own branch of of dogs okay that's so wild so that is very very cool uh, this has been verified by dna analysis now but amazingly hey full props here to charles hamilton smith uh who came up with the correct classification of uh we're gonna say it again cairo scion i believe back in 1839 and that was before Dang. we even knew DNA existed. So he took a look at it and said, no, 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 this is something different, you guys. And, and I think people thought he was, he was an Crazy. idiot. But turns yeah. out we went back and we're like, no, 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 this guy was right, which means we have to use this name he came up with in 1839. So that's very, very cool example of, you know, that self-correcting mechanism built into science. Oh, love so, it. Uh, it is thought that there actually used to be more species of wild dogs in both North and South America before the last ice age. So mm-hmm. not super surprising. Uh, and the main wolf is thought to be like the sole survivor of this particular genus. There may have been other members of that genus prior to glaciation, which lasted like 2 million years. Right. Right. Uh, interestingly, there are 40 uh, subspecies of uh, there's three species of wolf. And 40 subspecies of wolf. So lots of variation there. There's 12 species mm-hmm. of true foxes. So we've got lots of different types of foxes around the world. Lots of different types of wolves and subtypes of wolves. But in this group with the maned wolf, they're the only mm-hmm. ones. It's just them in their group. No subspecies. So wild. No related species with the same genus. Yeah. So pretty, pretty cool when we see something like that happen. So I want mm-hmm. to share a couple of very fun things about Maine wolves. I've kind of described them. You can kind of picture them a bit because you did a great job saying that they are, uh, you know, they're kind tall. of reddish like a fox, but their ears are bigger. Their legs are long. Just they look kind of just all wrong. And obviously they're really big. Uh, so they look like if you took these... a, a red fox and yeah. gave it, put it on stilts. And then put a uh, lion, <laughs> a black like lion's mane, like a la Scar from Lion King on it. Yeah, they got a bit of a mane, which even like a lot of, you know, if you have a dog at home, they'll get kind of a thicker fur kind of around their, um, their, uh, their chest and kind of on their mantle, kind of the, the bottom of the neck onto their back. I know mm-hmm. my dog has got thicker fur there. Uh, mm-hmm. That is a, tends to be darker color on the maned wolf. So it's sort of a darker blackish type color like you were talking about, or at least washed more dark than the rest of the animal right so fun stuff they are in fact you mentioned the long legs they are the tallest wild dogs in the world and i mentioned how long they were and how much they weighed up front but i didn't mention their height yeah how how tall are they they are 35 inches tall what at the (gasps) rachel at the shoulder no. no, not at the head, at the shoulder. Oh, <laughs> and they got a pretty long neck. Uh, so that is super yeah. impressive. I did look. I did, did look up some numbers here. Um, the Great Dane, which is a like damn huge dog, it's maxes so big. out at about thirty-two inches at the shoulder. It's taller than so a Great Dane. That's the tallest taller dog. Taller than a Great Dane. Oh right. my! Uh, it's oh no! Wild. And. Oh, uh, wow. You know, timber wolves, literally, Rachel, like w- walk through your backyard up there in the boreal forest. Right. They're huge, but they only have a shoulder height of a 33 inches, which is, that's on a very <laughs> high side. And that is, that is really, really big. Yeah, that's that is, really large. Like, that's an I've absolutely big wolf. seen that'd that. A, okay. That'd be a huge wolf, but still, that's nothing compared to the maned wolf. So that's like, 
it's just mind-boggling. I, th- I wanted to come up with like another that is so tall point of reference for listeners because we don't always work these numbers. A kitchen counter in your house or your apartment or whatnot. Kitchen mm-hmm. counter is a standard height is thirty-two inches. So a maned wolf's shoulders is would taller be three than three inches taller oh. than the top of your counters. Oh. And keep in mind they can raise their heads even higher. That it's mind-boggling. Like I said, I have two oh. dogs and neither of them are particularly tall. No, but I have a have hard time picturing dogs. how tall these are and still thinking of them as like canines, <laughs> right? Because oh. they're essentially this is a mini pony horse. size. Like it's just Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, it's just it's wild. So wild. Um, so weirdly, their legs are so long, they can actually be longer than their spine, <gasps> which is pretty, that's, pretty weird fact. That's very across. weird. Uh, and I think, I think their habitat has a lot to do with that. They live in tall grasslands, mm. so their long mm. legs help them like hunt and survive in that habitat. But then again, so do like coyotes and stuff. So why don't we have super tall coyotes? I don't know. Like, it's just really interesting that they're so tall. Um, speaking of food, here's another weird thing about them. While they do hunt, a large portion of their diet, like 40 to 90% of their diet, consists of a fruit called what? the wolf apple. Now, I'm assuming that like that wide range gap of 40 to 90 is, is a seasonal variation that, yeah. in their diet. Which would um, make sense, right? And just like we know that sometimes a year, we even talked about on the show that um, wolves gorge on blueberries and like maybe 90% of their diet is blueberries uh, up, up where you are when blueberries oh, are in yeah. season. They're a lot They're easier season, to catch than, great. <laughs> you know, uh, animals. Mm-hmm. So that's just really cool. The wolf apple is a large fruit that grows in South America. And apparently it's one of their like favorite foods. So there is maybe some evidence to suggest that eating the apple protects the main wolf from infection by the liverworm, which hmm. is a horrifying parasite that deserves its own topic on the podcast. Um, <laughs> and a cool side note, while most of the wolf apple plant is poisonous to humans, the ripe fruit itself uh, is not poisonous and is actually eaten by humans too, uh, which is very cool because I, I was not oh, familiar fun. with the wolf apple. So no, I figured I'd squeeze in one last fact here. That I happened to come uh, across about the maned wolf. It's really something. Apparently, their urine smells exactly like cannabis. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, is interesting. Uh, I got a good laugh out of that yeah. one. <laughs> Apparently, there's some sort of compound in the urine that is also found in the cannabis plant. Um, okay. There was actually, I read about an incident at the Rotterdam Zoo, where police were <laughs> frantically searching for pot smokers <laughs> until they realized it was just the main fox that they have uh, at the zoo creating the smell. Which makes so me very good. curious what it actually, like, what does it actually smell like? I know here in North America, we have red foxes. Mm-hmm. And if you ever smelled red fox, like, urine where they've marked their, their territory, yep. it has it's sort a of a skunk-like smell. It's kind of skunky. Yeah. And as obviously there are strains of cannabis that have a very skunky smell, too. So I'm curious... If that's the same smell they're referring to when they say that the main wolf smells like cannabis, uh, I'm not really sure because mm-hmm. uh, I've never smelled uh, maned wolf urine. Right. Uh, I, I will say, incidentally, I know we have a lot of local Minnesota listeners to the show since that's where we're based out of. Uh, cannabis became legal here in Minnesota yesterday. Uh, so uh, if you're out walking around uh, and you smell something strange, I'll walk through the neighborhood. Just keep in mind, it probably isn't a maned wolf. 
Yeah, maybe not. (laughs) Just putting that out there. Mm -hmm. All right, anyways, uh, my sources this week were uh, mostly Wikipedia and AZ Animals. And uh, I just want to tell you all about the maned wolf. Oh, thanks, Kirk. Really appreciate it. You're welcome. Well, we'll go to a uh, short break. And when we come back, Rachel's got something fun for us. Yeah, I do. Hey, everybody. You know, I wanted to address something before we get to Rachel's segment here in the break. I brought something up uh, at the beginning of the summer, at least summer here in the Northern Hemisphere, uh-huh. and pointed out that we had a really close race going on for our, in our listenership <gasps> between Canada and Australia. Ooh. And I know people have been like itching for an update. I am uh, itching. Our three month period is not over. I've been getting messages online of people like, where do, where do we stand? What's going on? So I wanted to give you an update. I need to know. Are you ready, Rachel? I am so ready. Well, all right. If I look at the last three months, uh, it is still neck and neck. Canada <gasps> is, you guys, still beating Australia, but only by three tenth of a percent in our downloads so that is excruciatingly close it, it is, is amazing uh can't, australia still has not you guys come on you still haven't quite gotten there to do that and i gotta say uh when i look at the data from just july and not the last three months the story changes mm. canada has really taken to this challenge I see you. I hear you Canadians out there. Uh, looking at the data for just the last 30 days, I don't think they, uh-huh. they want Australia to, to take their spot in our, in our rankings. Probably um, not. Just in the last three days, Canada is almost 2% ahead of Australia now. Oh, my gosh. As opposed to the last three months when it was only three-tenths of a percent. They're up 2% now. So oh. way to go, Canada. Yeah. I mean, you guys have been telling your friends to listen to the show. Australia. You still have time. Don't let Canada hold on to that spot. I believe you can do it. I'm going to look back at the combined data for June, July, and August, and I will declare a winner. So there's still time. Everyone mm-hmm. just tell your friends to subscribe and tell them why you enjoy Strange by Nature. Pick a winner who will come out on top of this race. If you're not, you know, if, if you're curious and you're from another country, you're not from Australia or Canada, go ahead pick a winner, cheer for your team. I want to get every, feel like everyone feel like they're involved. Will Canada hold their position or will there be a last minute upset with Australia pulling ahead? Uh, you know, both Australia and Canada is not a huge percent of our percentage of our listenership. So either one, you know, with just telling a bunch of your friends could really turn this thing around for you. So mm-hmm. I'll be sure to update everyone with the final results. Uh, it'll be about four episodes from now, I think, at the end of August or beginning of September. So I'm excited to see what happens. But get out there. No matter who you are, if you enjoy this show, tell your friends about it. That's how we spread the word and bring more people into our big strange family. So, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. let's continue the break and get back to Rachel. Woo. Welcome back, everyone. Hey. Hey. Now, I'm still here. You are still here. Congrats. Now, you went to South America and... I, I mean, in my mind. Yeah. In your mind. So, in our minds, we're going to travel further than South America. Oh. Um, pretty far, actually. In the same direction? 
No, we're going to go up. Oh. Oh. <laughs> so uh-huh. Quite the opposite. Right. <laughs> Where are we going, Rachel? Uh, we're going to stay within the solar system, but we're going to go to space. Oh, you mean like up as in away from the gravity well up, not like yeah, up as not, in toward the North Pole. I got you. Right. I'm on the we're same not, page now. Yeah, we're not going up I as love, in North you know, Pole. Lo- you know I love space, Rachel. I know. I, I saw I'm, this I'm, and I was I'm like, so oh, to hear Kirk, this is going. Kirk is going to love this. I literally saw this. It was like, oh, Kirk is going to love. You probably already know about this. It's going to be so fun. But <laughs> I'm so excited. Well, I, yeah. maybe, maybe not. Let's hear it. What is it? I bet you have. So um, we're going to keep going. Uh, we're in our little like mind spaceship. We're going to wave at Neptune as we pass by. Um, but we're not going to go to Pluto. That's going to take a while. All that right. is going to take a while. This is a long trip. Uh, we're not going to Pluto, but we are going to hang out in the Kuiper Belt. We're going to go to the third largest dwarf planet in the Kuiper Belt Mm. that was discovered, and this is hotly debated, either in 2004 or in 2005. Uh, There are two different groups of researchers. One found it in 2004 and then another found it in 2005. One was in Spain, one is in the U.S. And the U.S. conceded to Spain for a little bit. And then it's like, well, maybe they didn't. So it's it's hotly debated. Okay, well, Spain found it in 2004? 2005. It's oh, weird, it and I didn't want to get into the politics of why they just conceded for a little while and then took it back. I don't know. Anyway, so we're going to go to this wild dwarf planet. Today, I'm talking about Haumea. Nice. All right. What's the news? What's the word? What's the word? So the first thing that we're going to do is we're going to start off with this dwarf planet, part of the Kuiper Belt, uh, travels in a very elliptical shape so this is like a Mm, okay kind of like a i don't know kirk elliptical is kind of like a big oval almost right yeah you want to get nerdy you want to get nerdy rachel get nerdy Kirk. a center uh, uh, okay uh, a circle has one like point in the middle Uh uh-huh okay that uh, the entire line is equidistant from that a uh ellipse would be like a circle with two points in the middle. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Like there's, there has two, it has two centers basically that are spread out from each other. So if you were to draw a circle around them, yeah, you end up with sort of an oval. All right. Thank it's you. A cool, Kirk. It's a cool shape. It is a really yeah, fun I'm a shape. Big nerd. Yeah, we know. Now we haven't been able to see Haumea uh, in detail. Uh, because it is so far away from the planet, no right. one, no uh, satellites or nothing's gone to visit the Kuiper Belt yet. So we we don't we don't know, or we haven't gotten anything back. If anything has gone to the Kuiper Belt, um, so we haven't seen it in detail. But uh, due to its rotation and as well as how what scientists are able to see the light that is reflected back. Uh, we are able, yeah. scientists have been able to uh, figure out 
that the shape of this planet, not only does it uh, travel in an elliptical shape, but it also is shaped almost elliptically like a rugby ball or a football. I the planet was just going to say itself. rugby ball, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. So Big old it's space not, rugby. It is not a round dwarf planet, which is, in my brain, all planets are spheres, right? And this is not a sphere. <laughs> when I first saw an artist's rendition of what Helmea looked like, I honestly thought it looked like an egg. Almost. Like a, a really long egg. Um, right. And based on how light hits and reflects on Helmea, it, that's given that confirmation of the shape of this dwarf planet. So that's already wild to me that there is something out there that is just a little like football rugby thing spinning around and around the the sun. But I mentioned that scientists were able to determine this shape because of its rotation and because of its orbit. Yeah. Why would its rotation impact the the shape of this um, Kuiper Belt object? Well, Hmm. um, because in my brain, it's like, well, it's a dwarf planet, right? They should all be, like I said, they should all be like spherical, right? Well, Mm -hmm. Haumea, Mm -hmm. uh, in addition to being weirdly shaped, is one of the fastest rotating objects in the solar system. So one day, yeah. So one day on Haumea, so one full rotation of Haumea uh, from one end to the, just in a circle. It's four hours on Earth. How fast is it? (laughs) That's that's a pretty short day. (laughs) (laughs) So short. So uh, for one day on Earth, it is 20 days on Haumea. (laughs) Okay, all right, yeah, I'm there for that, yeah. But, if you want to extend that, a year on Haumea. Mm -hmm. And a year being one trip around the sun, right? One trip around the sun. Remember, it's far out there. It is in the Kuiper Belt, which is about where Pluto is. It's 285 Earth years. That's a long time, Rachel. <laughs> yeah, so many, many days for one year. <laughs> wow. Which is wild to me, right? Because one day on Haumea is four hours on Earth. So it's rotating so quickly. But one year, it, my brain, in my brain, they're intrinsically linked, Right. Like a year and a day, like right, and there's no reason together. they should be, but it, yeah, it's sort of our bias as being Earthlings, right? Absolutely. Ugh. All right. So the thought is, I guess, that it's because it's spinning so fast. That's what's sort of stretching it out a bit and preventing it from, yes, attaining roundness. Yes, it's just cool. spinning so Very fast because cool. the way that it spins, um, from what I have been able to see, the way it spins is not like the narrow part of 
the rugby ball, but each end it's like is end rotating. End. It is end over end. Which Something is... Something way back in the day must have smacked Ooh. into this thing so hard. Oh. I would guess to cause that. Like a big oh. glancing blow that just, you know. Funny that you say that. <laughs> oh, is that what, uh, is, is, you have some information about that? Uh, a little. So it's funny you say that because, so part of the reason why we can see Haumea is because it is uh, a rocky surface covered in a thin uh, layer of ice. That is made from water, sure. not just like carbon dioxide, is, which is already yeah. really cool, right? <laughs> Ice. Mm-hmm. But they think it's so thin, other than Kuiper, other Kuiper Belt objects have really thick layers of ice. But they uh-huh. think that it's okay. so thin because of due to a collision, there you go. which also resulted in Haumea gaining two moons oh cool okay so that's i was like what is the evidence but if there's two moons that would imply that there was some sort of i mean it could have just caught those naturally too but Mm -hmm. it could be the remains of something that went down well one of right super cool but one of those moons also has water ice and is a relatively thinner layer okay all right what does that tell us well that there might be some correlation between the the plant the dwarf planet and that moon. Gotcha. But okay. on top of all of that, it is all Haumea is also the farthest known object to have a ring system. <laughs> all right. All right. I didn't know that. So, That's cool. So it has weird shape. Fastest rotation, super bright, has two moons, one of which also has water ice. And then it also has a ring system, which was just discovered in 2017 because it happened to pass in front of another star or it it passed in front of a star and science was able to see the rings, which is wild because we haven't seen a ring system like that in the solar system past like Neptune. So... That's pretty cool. That's very cool. Like, I was just reading something about some of the some of the things that are that far away, and mm-hmm. it's hard for us to even picture. Like, when you get to those distances, the sun is so far away, it's so far it away, really just looks like a bright star in the sky. It doesn't really. It's not like, oh, there's the sun. It's like, well, that star is the brightest. I guess that's probably the sun. Yep. Which is. The- Mind blowing to me that, that you is get so wild. Far away. You're like, well, I you know, yeah, it's kind of a bright star, but it's not particularly, you know, big looking or bright that much brighter than the rest of them. You know, it's just no, the I mean, star. it looks it looks kind of bright. I guess it's maybe closer. It'd be it'd like be real cold, uh, looking is at the moral of the story. Don't bring oh, your swimsuit. No, oh. it is all frozen. You are very very cold. I think what I was looking, um, it was like. Negative, like two. It's like thirty-two degrees Kelvin, which is so <laughs> oh, cold. Seriously, that's. I'm pretty wow, sure it is cold. very, very right. cold. Um, but 
again, we don't know for sure um, as of yet. We don't have a thermometer there. We don't have a thermometer, no. But I, I will say NASA, one of the sources that I have for this week, uh, does say under it, it says potential for life, extremely cold and doesn't have the, appear to have the conditions suitable for life, which I find just so funny. It's like, yeah, it's frozen and yeah. so cold, <laughs> so it's far frozen, away. And you got, you probably need a source of energy. And if it's that far from the sun, you're probably looking at maybe like a geothermal type energy could be mm-hmm. used by life. But if it's that, if it's really small and really far away, not the first place. Yeah. I would look. No. And it, it is pretty far away, too, because it's. Um, I, I mean, it, it's far away and it's not very big either. It's about the fourth of the mass of Pluto. So about one fourteenth of Earth is the what okay. I saw. The average surface temperature. <laughs> I said 32 degrees Kelvin. For those of you who don't understand that it's about uh. 240 <laughs> negative 240 degrees celsius yeah it's real cold <laughs> that's real cold real cold <laughs> so you know you said it's smaller than pluto and mm-hmm. i gotta say you know we fairly recently finally got some our first like good photos of pluto from the yeah we did of space probe flyby and it kind of rekindled some of that debate about is Pluto a planet? Cause you saw it. And when you see the photos, you go, Oh, that's a planet. That's, that's a planet. Like, come on. You just, you know, a planet when you see one and that's, there's mountain ranges and landforms and like, there's all kinds of interesting stuff going on. And you're like, mm-hmm. Oh, come on. That's totally a planet. Um, it'd be really interesting to see this and kind of compare like, because it's such an odd shape. Is it more like a bunch of junk just sort of slammed together or like, what mm-hmm. does it look like and how do we yeah I, I, I the fact that we all these missions now go into some of these really far away worlds and and or even comets and things and and asteroids and and bringing back uh not just sending back photos but bringing back samples and stuff like just mm-hmm. the science going on right now is it's so awesome. cool i wish we were doing more of it because we are learning about the basic fundamental building blocks of our universe which is always useful in the long run in my oh, book so absolutely i'm excited maybe we, we need to send everyone save your pennies and uh we can send a probe out to check this place yeah. out too that would be really cool i would love that well that's what i have for you today i just wanted to talk about Haumea. uh i can't remember how i ran across it but truly amazing uh like i said uh a little earlier my sources this week were Uh, NASA, Wikipedia, as well as the schools uh, observatory.org was really uh, helpful uh, resources. So, yeah. Nice. Thanks for joining me this week, Rachel. Thanks for joining me this week, Kirk. It looks like it's just you and me again, and then our good friend Victoria will be back for more episodes. And uh, you know it, uh, Australia, you know what to do, Canada. You know Ooh, what to do. That means and, uh, everyone Victoria else is going to be here. Let us, she that. will be. Uh, let us know, like, in the, if, especially if you're on the Podbean app, it's super easy just to leave a comment. Let us know who you think is going to win Canada or Australia. And uh, everyone can just pick a, pick, a, pick, a, pick a winner before it happens. I want to see what people's predictions are. Can Ooh. Australia pull it out in the end and upset and get third place in our rankings? 
uh, UK, you guys are like double what uh, <laughs> Australia and Canada are. So you, you're pretty safe for now, but you never know. One mm. of them could be coming for you someday. That may that be the next big race off. So mm. uh, thanks for listening, everybody. And we'll see everybody next week. Bye. Thanks, everyone, for listening to today's show. Be sure to subscribe. New episodes drop every Wednesday, and we love sharing this strange world with all of our listeners. If you would be so kind as to leave us a five-star review, that would be great. It lets other lovers of The Strange discover the show. You can reach out to us on social media by searching for Strange by Nature Podcast on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You can send us an email as well. Our address is contact at strangebynaturepodcast.com. If you want more information about the show, you can also check out our website, which is strangebynaturepodcast.com. Until next week, get outside, stay curious, and embrace the strange.